Welcome to the High Finance Podcast, where we hop on the cannabis roller coaster and meet the top players and thought leaders from Oregon and around the world. What does it take to start a cannabis business? Learn from the rising stars in the cannabis industry about the economic and financial realities, challenges, and opportunities in this fast-growing sector. No smoke and mirrors here as we learn what's working and what's not. The High Finance Podcast isn't about hippies, incense, and lava lamps. It's about tremendous opportunity, hyper-growth, and blazing new trails into the future. Welcome to the High Finance Podcast. Hi, I'm Megan Wallstatter. Hi, my name's Nick. And today we have Robert Elam, co-owner of Seven Points, Oregon. Did I say your last name right? No, you said it a little wrong. A little that's wrong. Right. It's, <laughs> I'm Robert Elam. Elam. Okay, thank you, Elam. Hi. All right. <laughs> Um, so Robert, um, Robert owns Seven Points Farm, which is an indoor grow facility in Portland, Oregon. And should, we're going to talk to him about a bunch of different things. But of course, we always start the show with the same first question. And how did cannabis find you? Hmm. Well, <laughs> cannabis found me at a pretty, pretty young age, like a lot of other people, you know, so, um, at the bus stop in middle school, I <laughs> uh, saw my first joint, okay. and uh, you know, and then it's been been pretty steady from there. So, and when did you start dabbling with growing? Hmm. Well, in college, um, so we started our first grow in a house we were renting. Of course. And um, it was a little terrifying at <laughs> points, but you know. No filters, no nothing. So oh. it was a little scary. Yeah. And uh, I just got out of there uh, a couple years later. So. Do you have a landscape background as well? So I do. how does that feed into? Uh, your... It feeds in pretty nice. I have an organic landscaping company, and I've been doing that for, for a long time. And um, yeah, just plant knowledge in general, it all transfers over. It's just a plant. So. Is that mm. your degree? No, I have a business degree. Business degree. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So the plant love is just kind of in you? Or were you just a plant person? Yeah. Well, I did it a little bit in college. And to be honest with you, when I when I moved out here, it was really uh, one of the tougher moments in my life to find work and, and to get established here. So uh, I linked up with an outfit in Beaverton and uh, started working with them and mm. The guy was that I was working for is really, really knowledgeable and really good at what he does, and I was able to learn a lot uh, from him, and then and then spin that into my own company. So wow, so awesome. What brought you here in the first place? Uh, well, uh, a girl my, who is not my wife. Okay. So um, we had a long distance relationship. We met through, uh, you know, traveling and seeing music, um, and then. Reconnected about a year later and uh, started making trips out here. And then, yeah, now we're married and have a kid. And, and uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that's what got me out here. <laughs> well, thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so you're a plant person. You're always kind of attracted to that. And it mm-hmm. is such a true, like, story of how hard it is to try to find work in Portland. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, when I moved here in, like, 2001, I mean, that's when I started growing. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think it's a common story. We're not very unique. (laughs) It it took me about six months to get on my feet here, and it was, it was definitely really tough. And, um, 
Yeah, I started once I was a little bit established and had some money, uh, started growing uh, through the, the medical program here. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So well, you started out in residential, and now you're in this gorgeous commercial you know, um, facility. So mm-hmm. describe kind of that transition for us and how that evolved. Um, well, that just was a lot of saving, and um, my, my business partner actually – uh, found the space and uh, was able to found off a of Craigslist actually and, and jumped on it and then approached me about um, helping him with it and we basically uh, scraped up everything all of our savings pretty much all our life savings and um, started building it out it was a ton of work we did uh, like 90 percent of the work ourselves wow. uh, we hired someone to uh, bring the power from the central building power up to our space and then we also uh, hired someone to do the HVAC, the uh, air conditioning and all the cooling that we needed. But other than that, we pretty much turned every screw in the facility. Uh, we had a friend come in and help us do some framing, but we worked like right alongside him and, and just built it out slow, got a couple rooms online, um, started uh, getting, getting the medicine out there, and uh, basically... Saved all the money from the business and reinvested, and two years later, we finally finished the space out. Um, mm. But we did it all on our own, and uh, it was it's a really good feeling, for sure. Good. Yeah, that's a special feat in today's world to be able to yeah. say that you saved. I mean, that's and, – and you did all the, the sweat equity mm-hmm. as well, not only the financial equity. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of pride in it, and, um, you know, it, it, it turned out to be a really, really nice space, and we're uh, – we're really happy there, and uh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you can tell you guys have a lot of love for, for your mm-hmm. your we project and your product. Turned every screw, so we know every square inch of it, and all built all the systems, and um, down to like you know we have we found this open source sprinkler system where we're able to water from our, our cell phone app, which was pretty cool. We found that a couple of years awesome. ago, and that nice. was pretty nice. And built our own like reservoir system water recapture system to strips excess moisture out of the air basically brings it to a central location run it through a bunch of filters and then we can rehumidify with that oh wow and uh we just got a water quality test back on that because the whole goal with that system was to be able to to feed the feed the plants with that water that we're stripping out of the air Mm. and uh the the water quality test came back really really good i think we're going to do one more um, and that full system should come online uh, in a couple of weeks, and it should cut our water usage in about half. So That's crazy. Yeah. This portion of our show is brought to you by Cultivated Industries, experts in cultivation and extraction. Cultivated Industries combines decades of growing expertise with innovative technologies and practices to deliver award-winning flour and extracts to the cannabis marketplace. The company's cultivation and extraction facilities are integrated under one roof to ensure optimal quality, safety, and transparency in all stages of production. Cultivated Industries utilizes eco-friendly practices such as the use of beneficial insects to mitigate harmful pests and relies solely on renewable energy to power its state-of-the-art facility located in Portland, Oregon. To learn more about their products and find a store locator, visit their website, cultivatedindustries.com. So what, where... 
was that part of the plan or did that just kind of evolve? It evolved. Yeah, yeah. just like everything else, you know. Right. I think where we're at right now is a lot different than where we, you know, these things just kind of naturally evolve and snowball and everything with the industry has changed so much and you have to be really fluid. So mm. I think where we are now is, is it looks different than where we kind of had the, the original plan. Sure. You know? Of course. Yeah. The original vision, whatever right. that means. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, are, are there like a lot of technologies that you have to keep up to date with, you know, new ways of, yeah. Um, distribution of water and air and soil and, um, yeah, you know, lighting technology is something that we try to keep up on and all the atmospheric kind of, um, controls we are, we are inside. And, um, you know, one of our goals of this space is, you know, we realize that there are some inherent problems with growing inside as far as your, your footprint. Um, and, um, you know, we just want to try to be as creative as we can and try to mitigate and minimize that mm. to the best of our ability and i think that as as moving forward um those are the kind of technologies that we're looking into as to ways that we can better you know do our part as um members of the community mm. members of this planet to to just kind of move in that direction of reducing our footprint because it is fairly kind of intensive it is. It's really intensive. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's such a big rage now talking about, well, water, I feel like, is coming. It's like mm -hmm. it's still like out over here a little bit, people talking about it. I mean, the big thing is energy right now, right. obviously. You know, there's so such an influx of like people wanting to combine like energy efficiency, like traditional energy efficiency and cannabis right now. Yeah. Um, when you were, I'm going to kind of just segue into this. We're going to hop all around. Um, but I saw that you were at Hemp Fest. And was there mm -hmm. anybody talking about kind of like reducing your carbon footprint or mitigating that I, there? I, you know, I only heard a couple of uh, a couple of people speak. But, yeah, that was a major theme there mm -hmm. for sure. So I think that people in the industry are, are very aware of that. And, you know, also what I've come to recognize is that it seems to me that, that people in this industry in general are really aware of that issue and are, in the, for the most part, on board with helping uh, to minimize that footprint. But compared to a lot of other business sectors, it, you know, we know how much power we use. We know how much water we use. It's really not that bad compared to other businesses. But that being said, there's no reason not to try to minimize that as much as we can and I think a lot, I've seen a lot of people be on board with that for sure mm, definitely when there's such a stark contrast between indoor and outdoor and mm -hmm. there's such that debate going on Absolutely. you know I mean and, you, and really the heart of Oregon is sustainability and organics mm -hmm. and like right. that like you know be close to the land and right. um, I definitely feel like it's I mean, it's it's huge here. I mean, it's huge in California, and for different I mean, for some of those same reasons, and for different reasons, because their power is five times the amount mm -hmm. that our power is. So if I had that power bill, that would be a different motivator than you know what I have right now. Yeah. And oh, the drought. Sure. Yeah, and the drought, and yeah. the drought. Yeah, I mean, then there's getting all your water supply cut off. I mean, can't really grow anything <laughs> yeah. without water. I mean, we can't even live without water. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh man. So you mentioned your team and your your. Um, business partner. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about who your team is and how you guys kind of came together. Um, well, 
most of us have been friends for for years um you know i met mike my business partner um shortly after i moved here so we've known each other for about uh eight years and uh same with our our head gardener uh joseph about the same and then uh we brought an assistant gardener on um and you know we've known him for about two years he's working out really really well we just have one new employee awesome so and he's um getting you know he's learning really quickly and um yeah he's doing really really well so it's a small team uh we have you know a lot of knowledge combined and we all kind of work collaboratively and kind of pull from everyone pull from everyone's varied experiences because you know we've all there's so many ways to grow and we've all done a lot of different things so it really helps to have that collaborative kind of effort towards the bigger picture Definitely. And, you know, I mean, I know, I know Mike, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you guys, you know, I'm, I'm, as I'm hearing you tell how you turned every, you know, yeah. every screw in that building. And Mike's a stru- Mike has a structural engineer background. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, when I think about how people come together and how these partnerships are formed, I really feel like you and Mike complement each other so well. Yeah, we think so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was really good at making sure that we did everything correctly, even yeah. if we had to do it, like, three or four times but yeah. in the end <laughs> it, uh, it's pretty dialed so and yeah. it's, this has been a nice asset for sure definitely that background yeah I, yeah. I mean really, uh, dealing with BDS Bureau of Development Services any kind of background that helps with that yeah. communicating with that department will make life a lot easier mm-hmm. and even the best of us sometimes have to do it three or four times to yeah. get it right <laughs> so, you know yeah, yeah. Um, so I saw on Instagram when I was getting ready, doing some some research for today. It looks like you guys are using Scroggs to me on uh-huh. there. So is that how you guys started? Or can you explain Scroggs for the general audience and then kind of let us know if that's how you started or how that evolved for you? Yeah, so it's basically a trellis system. And uh, the way that that evolved is due to the it's pretty much a direct reflection of the amount of medical cards that we have and staying in compliance with our numbers and still trying to fill uh, canopy space. So basically we have to get our plants really, really large. Uh, We start staking them out um, as soon as they go into their final pot size and we'll just spread and spread and spread and um, try to encourage the middle of the plant to grow up to be uh, roughly the same height as the, the outer branches. And then when we take them into our flower rooms, we'll just kind of gently bend and, and massage them down, and they'll just all kind of spread out and form one 14-foot by, you know, 5-foot canopy. So Is that how big your carts are? Yeah. So, you so just there's have one... three plants in the area that size. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, got it. Because yeah. it looks like you guys use, like, rectangular carts mm-hmm. where – we use square. So and I was like, are, oh, they're a little those different. Those are kind of a direct <laughs> reflection of the uh, the lighting footprint, you know? Totally. Yeah. So. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was easier. I mean, we have, you know, ours is just bulkier. Yeah. There seems like it's a little bit, well, and it's a different space, you know? Yeah. Commercial, you can do so much. Um, but yeah, I really like the way that it looked. It looks like you guys yeah, have thanks. some good... Good, good construction there, and good engineering mm-hmm. with it, and everything's really nice and tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's a, it's a nice space, and um, yeah, we just try to try to maximize it because uh, you know it's not a, a crazy big space or anything. So 
Um, we want it to be comfortable, but we also want to be able to like maximize the flowering canopy to the to the best of our ability. So. Wait, from so what's the what's the rules or the regulations with growing? Uh, in what sense? Like, there's a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, I mean, can you just grow as many plants? Is the square footage uh, maximization? What's the what's the what's the general rules for growing and well, staying compliant? So, for us to stay compliant, we just have to make sure that that we are only flowering the amount of plants that we have cards for at the moment. We're we're going through the process of getting uh, our recreational license, like right now. Okay. So so that'll soon change, and, and we'll shift our style, um, and it should be a little little bit easier because, to be honest with you, these plants are quite quite beastly and very, uh, you know, they're a little more challenging to work with. They're, they're around longer. You know, things can happen, and, okay. you know. Um, but right now, uh, it's just, you know, staying compliant with the amount of cards that we have and making sure our timing's all right. So. so it's per plant, so number of plants per medical card, not mm-hmm. not poundage and no. just, okay, cool. No, right. flowering plants right. yep, per medical card. Yeah, and it's six flowering mm-hmm. plants, six, okay. six out flowering yep. plants per card. So if you right. want to have, you know, if you have a lot of, if you have a lot of cards and you can have a lot of plants and it just depends, but we're kind of in this funky place right now where, because we have the rec system coming in, they're kind of phasing out, mm. you know, the ability to have a lot of cards in one address because they're getting ready to offer this other system as an alternative okay. to that kind of method. Um, so tell us a little bit about your OLCC process, like license process. Um, well, so we just got assigned our uh, investigator. That's yeah, the term the, yeah that, congratulations. Uh, That's great. Yeah, and, and so far, honestly, it's... It's been pretty great. She's been great, um, very helpful. Uh, you know, I email, I get an answer back. I call, I get a call back, and she wow. answers all my questions. And um, I think that we're we're looking pretty good. You know, we just have to uh, finish up a couple of things. We'll get a walkthrough, and uh, hopefully everything goes well. But f- the process so far, from all we've been through. Um, dealing with the the city and um yeah it's all the other regulatory bodies it's it's been a a welcome change yeah <laughs> you know so that, and i was surprised by that honestly yeah well getting a call back yeah i mean you can't even i mean like you call the oha and you're like i don't even know who to leave a message for yeah. like i don't even know who i should be asking mm-hmm. to talk to yeah, yeah. So that is really nice. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, when you said that, I was like, that must be so nice. It, it, it really it really is. I mean, hopefully it stays that way. But, you know, so far it's been a pretty smooth experiment, um, experience. We're just, you know, filling up some more paperwork. We got a couple more things they need, and then we should just should move along. So, so uh, once you get assign your investigator, then you have to just tie up any loose ends, and then you Yeah, get your... they'll look at your application, make sure that they understand everything, and that everything's clear. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, at that point, they'll ask you for any additional information they need. Once that's all together, uh, the, the next step is, uh, is the site visit. And, you know, the main thing they said to us was just they want the security in 100%. Um, but other than that, they, they understand that people are still growing and still changing things. So um, that was the big point they made to me is just make sure that your security is 100%. Mm. They're very concerned about that. And everything sure. else 
they can work with you, I think. Yeah. Did you guys have a lot of changes to make going from medical to rec for security? Purposes? Yeah, we had to do a big upgrade. Um, it's pretty expensive and uh, it's a lot, but we feel really good about it. It's, it's important. You know, it's mm -hmm. definitely important. Uh, we have employees. We have ourselves. I have a family. We, we want to keep everyone, everyone safe. Um, and, yeah. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I forget, I'm realizing that, you know, for dispensaries, there's going to be a little bit less of that transition because we've already had the heavy right. security. So I'm like, as I asked the question, I'm like, oh, wait, you guys really haven't had any security. Well, right? we have. We, we, personal, we had personal choices. what we felt... <laughs> we what we needed for safety and security uh and we had that from the beginning really the, what we're the layer that we're adding on is the compliance uh layer for you know so we're watched all the time and you know it's just keeping track of where everything is and yeah. so yeah it's just just adding some cameras for compliance really Right, and, and, storage. and the storage. Yeah. yeah, the storage is the biggest piece. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's, I mean, it's crazy. So, but the OLCC is only requiring 30 days of offsite storage, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and then the city of Portland is requiring more. Yeah. For the um, footage itself? You, so you have to have offsite storage. So okay. it's, we're kind of like a pharmacy where we have to hold on to our security footage. So I, at the shop right now for the OHA, have to hold on to 30 days. I have to be able to play back 30 days of okay. tape. So right now I can have that on-site, but the city of Portland and the OLCC are requiring off-site. So it has to go to a cloud or it has to be another Ooh. location, okay. you know? So that makes it a lot more expensive to yeah. do that. That is a huge jump in price. Um, and especially for grows who haven't had, you know, secure dispensaries right now have a, I mean, there's like, you know, the security requirements are pages long of what we have to have. And grows haven't had that level of um, regulations. They will. Okay. They're getting there mm -hmm. within the medical, but we're just not there yet. So for Robert, it was like personal business choices for security. And then it's mm. regulations. So there's okay. a big jump mm -hmm. from those two places. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't need 45 days of offsite storage. That wasn't your personal choice. <laughs> no, that was not a personal choice. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so how was it? Um, how was it dealing with the city, with ONI and BDS and everything? Did you guys have a pretty smooth-ish process, or? Um, no. we're, we're we're no. still we're still we're still in it. We're still in it. So, uh, you know. Orgrown is Oregon's premier farm-to-table, vertically integrated cannabis company. Orgrown's grow facility produces organic, indoor, and greenhouse-grown cannabis and processes its own world-class extracts and edibles. It's Orgrown's goal to push the progression of sustainable organic cultivation. In its flagship dispensary located in downtown Scenic Bend, Oregon, the care and handling continues. Open seven days a week, the dispensary also carries specially curated and carefully selected organic flour from a handful of other leading organ cultivators. Their patients know exactly what they're ingesting, who and where it comes from, and how it was made. Orgrown's bud tenders are incredibly informed when it comes to product knowledge and answering questions. They also know when to let you just browse. From the seed to sale, Orgrown is obsessed with quality and safety. Visit our website at orgrown.com. Please visit our Leafly page for a daily updated menu of our flower, concentrate, and edible selection. And while you're there, feel free to leave a review. 
Are you guys? Have you guys? You guys have submitted app, like your rec application with Oni, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, and we so have our Lux, okay, which good. is our land use compatibility statement, which means that we are zoned correctly and approved to do what we're doing at the location that we're doing it, and. Uh, just seen a couple more pieces and we should be fine got it so you're still waiting yeah, on the it's actual just kind of slow you know yeah, yeah. oh yeah there it's yeah. it's really slow yeah. yeah yeah i think they're turning out six or seven application or um licenses a week is what they're able to currently stop but it's getting better supposedly <laughs> um rumor has it well you're close you got the yeah, lux we are that's really, the most, really close. most important mm -hmm. part is the lux right now and the city staff i mean that's just another check to write at this point really save that money a little bit yeah. yeah so you mentioned that when you guys switch over to olcc and you go rack that you're gonna switch things up a little bit with your grow technique mm -hmm. so are you I, i'm I assumed when I heard that 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 was smaller plants, more plants. Is yeah, that kind that's of... exactly. That's okay, exactly. and so tell us why that would be your choice. Well, it's you know, we currently, I mean, our vegetative time now, from the time they come out of the clone box to the time they're ready, they're up to size to to flip is is months, you know. So, wow. um, couple couple months maybe to get them that big. They're pretty large. Um, so we want to reduce that as much as possible, and um, you know we want to we want to maximize also our yields, and we feel like it, that 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 style of growing is is a, will help us out in that area a little bit, and uh, just a little more manageable, mm -hmm. less time, less time for disease or any pest. I mean, you're just kind of cycling through a lot faster. You can utilize the space a little better. There's a lot of wasted space with these massive, massive plants. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of reasons. It's just I think it'll be a lot um, a lot smoother. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more yield, and um, I think our, our health will and the strength of the plants will be a lot better. When they get so big, some of the branches, uh, it's hard for it to support a lot of the weight things like that and we get a lot of broken branches when we're trellising and stuff it's yeah. just part of it and you know so we, if we can mitigate against some stuff like that i think it'll be a lot better so right and so typically uh, a vegetative cycle mm -hmm. is can be i mean for a lot of people it's eight to ten weeks total mm -hmm. from the time that you take the I guess from the clones to when you flip into right. the grow room. So you guys are adding. We're an probably extra adding month. maybe another month. Right. You know, it, it, it just kind of depends. Um, some of the plants, some of the, the strains grow a lot faster than others. Um, so, but yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Wow. I mean, that's a long time. It's a lot. That's, yeah. a, that's a long time, and yeah. those plants will get huge. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how yeah. big your plants are then. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. big. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to be in those carts and do I mean thank god they're on wheels you know um but it's hard to get in there mm -hmm. and do that thinning and do the work that the plant needs to stay healthy I can yeah. that really resonates mm -hmm. like thinking about the sustainability of the plant mm -hmm. you know the individual plant instead of the room and all that so I also noticed that you were at Hempfest again, going back to that and you spoke there <laughs> I did. so and you spoke about veganics right I did so tell us a little bit about that. Wait, what is it? Tell us. <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty simple, and you know we kind of stumbled into it. Um, it's just 
organic gardening. Um, we just use plant-based nutrients. Okay. It's really simple. And so uh, kind of how we got there is when we finished our, our first two flower rooms in this space, we, we really had this unique opportunity to figure out which way we wanted to go as a company, which which what kind of nutrients we wanted to, to use on our plants and um, kind of where our, our value system was at. And we, we wanted to test. We had the unique opportunity of having these two identical rooms, identical temperature, identical lighting, identical uh, humidity. Like everything was the same. So we did one room of synthetics, one room with uh, an organic regiment, and uh, at the at the end of the flower cycle, you know the synthetic nutrient room uh, definitely got a lot more yield, but the quality of the organic uh, regiment we are using uh, just blew the synthetic room out of the water. So we we mm-hmm. we made a decision as a company then that that is definitely the the path that we need to go down is get our quality first. This is also, it's also medicine. It's, you know, it's, it's all of these things you put in your body. All of us eat uh, mainly organic food when, Mm -hmm. when possible. And it's just a value set that, that was, that really fit with our personal lives. Um, the products and medicine that we wanted to put out, uh, out there for sale and um so we we ran with it it was kind of a no-brainer we got the quality first and then we can work on our yields um but uh, it's harder to go the other way or i think through in the reverse yeah um quantity then quality yeah yeah so we're going uh quality is our number one Mm -hmm. uh quantity will follow and it's it's worked out pretty well but so there was we started once we decided that we started reading a little bit more uh you know, found some stuff on veganic gardening and uh, it all sounded really good. And we looked at what we were currently doing and we were really, really close. It was one, one additive we were using with Bacuano in it. So we just subbed that out for something else. And we had incredible flavor, um, out of the organic regimen we were using. When we subbed that nutrient, uh, out, it's, you know, it seemed to, to, the quality seemed to go up even a little bit more. So, um, yeah, it was just a quality issue is what got yeah, us cool. there. And it, it's the taste and flavor is undeniable. Um, so, yeah, we, we like it. Awesome. Um, have you thought about aquaponics? You know, they got those like, you know, fish and it's a one system where the fish poop feeds yeah. into the plants and the plant feeds back in and the nitrogen cycles. And does that ever exist in this uh, industry? That sounds really cool. It sounds like... The, uh, you know, my first thought is, man, there's probably a lot of stuff to break <laughs> in that system. <laughs> Pumps and, like, how yeah. long can it, if a pump goes down, how long can your plant live and mm. stuff like that, you oh, yeah. know. Because I've, has interesting, I was having a conversation yesterday with someone that was doing a, uh, they were on, like, a constant drip type system with little rock wool cubes. Uh, they're just growing a bunch of really tiny plants, um, and they're just on this constant drip. But if anything goes wrong in that system, those guys have an hour and a half to fix it or oh, everything wow. dies. Okay. Oh you know, or yeah. starts to tank. So, so nobody goes out of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way we're doing it now, we have a, you know, we, we feed and then we inoculate with beneficial 
microbial life and then we feed and then we inoculate and and use compost teas as well mm-hmm. um so if something were to mess up in our system we have a little bit of time mm-hmm. to fix it like no, nothing's nothing's uh gonna tank that quickly yeah so that's a good point those yeah. systems are are great but i think there's just a lot of moving parts and pieces and and you know not a lot of room for error mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and it's i mean I wonder, too, a lot of those systems are, you know, the types of plants that are being used in them, what their life cycle is. And, you know, with indoor production, you know, the plant is only useful for X amount of time, you know, and that time is longer in outdoor. You know, it's just different. It's just totally different. And I've just never done. None of us have ever done anything like that. So this is kind of our comfort zone, you know, like we've all been growing this way for a long time. Yeah. It works. Well, yeah, think, you know. yeah, that's definitely. And it's hard to make changes. I mean, I definitely just, I mean, when we switched over to our scrogs and mm-hmm. after just doing, you know, pots on the ground, it was, it's a transition. We would just, just, you know, we were staking then. We had no trellis system and just getting used to a trellis system. I mean, it took us a couple rounds to like find the rhythm. So sometimes even the smallest mm. change, like even switching up your nutrients, you're not doing anything different in the room, but just your nutrients, switching them up, that it can have a huge impact. So it's funny, there's like such a hesitation to try a lot of new things at once. I mean, I think that that is 100% accurate. And changing, changing anything is really hard. And when I was growing in my basement, it was a lot easier because there wasn't as much on the line. But if, you know, we self-funded this business, the business is running itself, but there's not a lot of room for error. So if we change something and we have a whole uh, room tank, it's oh, yeah. a really big deal. Um, goosebumps. So, goosebumps thinking about it, like, no, not the whole room. So try, <laughs> trying things in small scale uh, is nice for changes and stuff. And we, we're, we're experimenting all the time and testing things and um, – and, you know, I think that's the way you, you have to go about it. It's just to make sure it's the right move. Do your testing. Know what you're doing. And then you can kind of implement it on awesome. a larger scale. But it is pretty scary to change some things up. So. Yeah. yeah. Innovation through small incrementation. Right. You just want to make sure exactly. that what you're doing is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know. Sometimes you have to do a little experiment to convince your partners that it's actually maybe a good idea. It definitely has happened, you right. know, or they have to do that to you. Maybe you're the person who's like, no, that's like the one thing we can't change. You know, yeah. it's this funny where when you're working with other people too, where their attachments might be in the mm-hmm. systems, you know. But changing is something that we ha- it's imperative for us to do i mean we 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 want to keep moving forward and getting better have mm. our quality keep getting better have our yields keep getting better and have our systems be better so and and change with the technology like you were mentioning earlier mm. it's it's important so you know i think um we're we're setting up like a a small room a test area basically that'll be um, identical to the larger room, mm-hmm. so we can do real-world tests and uh, test 
you know, grow different phenotypes of things we want and kind of suss that out before we put them in a production space because we've made that mistake. <laughs> it looks great-ish. Yeah. It's got to work. <laughs> totally, yeah. I know, it's hard, you know, when you get... when you, when you get cuttings from other people and you just oh, never you be really careful with that. Yeah. That's a whole, yeah. Well, I mean, even <laughs> like if you, you know, even a new genetic, you know, that you want to try out, mm-hmm. like it's like, if you're not doing the breeding yourself, then I mean, it, you just, you never know, you yeah. never know what's going to happen. It's such a delicate, such a delicate system, you know? Yeah. Shango is the new name for cannabis in America. And we're pleased to welcome them as a high finance sponsor. Shango is one of the top cannabis cultivators, processors, and sellers in Oregon. They are constantly growing the brand's retail market footprint and wholesale network of independent dispensaries. And they are poised to launch operations in new state markets across the country. Shango is recognized by the nationwide media as an expert cannabis authority. Their products, customer service, and retail shopping experience are setting the standards for the cannabis industry. And they are committed to customer education, child safety, and the responsible use of all cannabis products. Visit GoShango.com and find out why Shango is ready to become a major force in the cannabis industry and America's first and finest cannabis brand. So you're working on your quality. What do you, I'm, you know, you guys have several strains right now. We have 13 at the moment. 13. Wow. So which one is your best seller right now? Um, well, we have several, uh, but cherry, the cherry pie we have has uh, always been at the top. There's really three main strains for us that have been the best, uh, as far as like feedback and, and sales and stuff, it's uh, the cherry pie, the cotton candy kush, and uh, moon uh, moon puppies, which is a strain unique to us. Um, I got it from a friend of mine who got it from the breeder. They both accidentally killed it, and oh. then so I was left with it. That <laughs> is awesome. So that was lucky for us. But it's Kim Dog and Lemon Skunk, and it, it's just kind of the total total package it tests really high people look for that whether that's a good way to shop or not that's the reality the reality right now um and it has everything you want to support that high number with smell looks flavor and um our master kush is another one that's been great for us and then albert walker has been Mm -hmm. a new one that has really really uh gained some traction and become really popular too so uh yeah we you know we try to suss out the mediocre stuff and just grow incredible strains and that's somewhat of a process but that's that's where we want to be and um i think hopefully we'll have around 27 strains by uh this time next year cool awesome that's a huge that's i mean that's some more than doubling Mm -hmm. your offerings right now and how many shops are you guys currently in right now um, it kind of changes uh, a little bit, but, uh, you know, about eight to 10, I would yeah. say when we, when we started, it was a lot different. We were in like 33 at the, the height of oh, it, Wow! but people were taking a lot less quantity and, you know, some of those people have fallen off. Um, but yeah, and it's a lot easier to work with that, uh, the, the smaller amount of, uh, shops and, but we're, we're spread out pretty good, uh. We do a lot of, uh, we have a lot of stuff at Sweet Relief down at the coast, and they've been great for us. And 
Yeah. Um, in Portland, Panacea and Oregon's Finest and some other ones, Collective Awakenings, and we, we float around some other ones. And we were recently in Bend and nice. hopefully Salem soon. And uh, yeah. Awesome. That's great. And you guys do all your own distribution, right? You guys yeah. are doing your own. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that makes it. Me, I do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me. I'm that person. Yeah. So that makes 10 yeah. shops a lot more manageable oh, than yeah. 33. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was kind of crazy for a little bit. Yeah, I didn't realize that you were doing, that was you on mm-hmm. top of everything else. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, just another hat to yep. throw on. Yeah. Yeah, welcome to the small business. I, yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. Like, how many hats do we yeah. have to wear in one day? Is that possible? Where do they all fit when we're not wearing them? I have to carry them with me. Yeah. Um, so what is it like, I mean, working with the shops and kind of going in and being in, like, working with retail? Are you you're influencing your strains that you have that you're growing based on the feedback that you're getting so I don't know like tell me a little bit about how you guys have learned from the shops about what retailers retail people like um I I think it's pretty obvious at the end of the day like what people want especially over time you know you'll you'll have a lot more requests and a lot more feedback on certain strains than others and we've let some things go because of that and, um, you know, uh, grown more of some, some other uh, strains that are really popular. But, yeah, it's been a it's, – it's interesting as a grower um, not necessarily getting that direct feedback all the time. It's really important to us and the relationships we have with the dispensaries we work with to, to get as much feedback as possible because, you know, I don't, I don't get that on a day-to-day basis if we're in the garden all the okay. time. So, um, and having, doing different events and stuff and, and having that face-to-face interaction with the, the end consumer has been something that's been really special and really interesting. And it's, we take all the feedback we hear from those events and also the uh, dispensaries we work with and, um, you know, make decisions based on that. And, um, but overall, it's been pretty good feedback. How does how does Leafly um, play into this? Do they, or is that? I mean, I don't really pay too much attention. Really, to okay. Leafly. Okay. I don't know. Uh, um, is there is there one place where people can go be like, oh, I've heard of this stream. What does that look like? Where can I find the profile map or like a flavor map or influence map? Or how do we? Is there one system? I thought Leafly was. Uh, Leafly is the most popular for okay. sure. I mean, I do use it as a resource from time to time, but um, you know, for us. W- when we're looking at information on our strains, we'll either uh, go st- get it from the breeder is, okay. a, is a good place for us to get it, you know, because they know a lot uh, about what they're doing. That's their business, and, okay. you know, they have all the information. And they've also it's – it's such a long process to breed a strain. I mean, they really know it inside and out. So that's the wow. best resource for us is if – we're getting seeds from a specific seed company just utilizing their knowledge is better for us than than Leafly and Leafly comes into play a lot if you're like where can I find this train uh, and a little kind of overview of it okay um, so let's see with the current trends mm-hmm. oh what's what's bursting sour diesel everyone's talking about sour diesel or whatever you know mm-hmm. is that is that the place to go or where's the place to go to try and plan ahead or you know th- these strains we're heading towards these kind of strains is there that that kind of I don't, we don't really work like that. Um, You know, we just, okay, so for example, we're about to bring in um, a bunch of new seeds and some new genetics, and we just 
spread the genetic list from the breeder and what they had to say and we just get what we like and what we think is going to do because we also so we have a limited amount of of rooms of flowering rooms and mm. we have a fairly uh high amount of strain diversity but what you want to do in that is is be able to plan out your room so everything has similar needs similar uh schedules as far as like when when a plant is going to finish and be at you know the prime time to to harvest it okay um so you want to make sure well we want to make sure that everything we run in a room is somewhat similar so so that comes into play timing for the production itself. right yeah right awesome and um and then and then quality and just kind of what we think is interesting and what we're excited about is what we go on not necessarily like the, an overall trend okay market research and who's talking about all that kind of stuff yeah yeah we just pretty much pick what we want to smoke awesome yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah i mean you know the leafly is great for the for the customer coming into the retail end you know and okay. for somebody who's not necessarily a grower with that background um i think you know i was just looking at it yesterday for work stuff and looking at their uh, specifically their strain information and it was in you know i mean it's not it's, it's not, definitely entry level information it's, it's not, not enough for, yeah it's not enough it's yeah. i'm like sure. I, i'm not, i was just like i was looking at it more for the ad space around it and not mm. like the content because i'm not learning anything from leafly about lemon haze you know mm, okay. um it's just it's kind of just a little bit more entry level and more what i feel like people use leafly for is to find what the dispensaries have more than to find the growers because it's hard one it's hard to highlight the grower on leafly because one of that was one of the things where we i was looking at yesterday is like if i put this ad in where do I put, where's the grower information? And mm. so right now, Leafly is just really like centered around the dispensary and what they have, and not necessarily where all that stuff comes from, which would be when Robert and Seven Points would come in. Okay, yeah, we'd you love know? to see that change too. If there was a I way for us to get highlighted as, <laughs> mm. as, as, as a grower and, you know, us, you know, kind of spotlighted a little more on that platform, mm. being the ones that, that are putting in the, the love into that. Yeah, so. the base, you know, yeah. foundation, not just the end point. Right. Yeah, awesome. Right, right. Well, that's what we have right now, unfortunately. It's just that the end points are really and, well known. And, and I we're, think those, that's going to grow. As a consumer, that is important information to have. Like, what, mm -hmm. are, what are our inputs? What, you know, what are you actually smoking? What are you putting into your body? And, and how was that produced, I think, is is really valid information for any consumer, so. Yeah. I want to just ask you one more thing before sure. we have to wrap up because I always have nine more questions and I have to find <laughs> the one that I can ask. Um, but you mentioned, mentioned this earlier about, you know, your events and I would love for you to share with us. I know you won the Dope Award, Dope Industry Award for Best Producer. We did. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about like the awards and the events that you guys have done. Uh, well... We've done we've done several um, starting last summer with uh, oh was it weed the people weed the did? people I got gotcha. yeah it's hard I gotcha. to remember yeah them all. Totally. <laughs> we did a four twenty event and um, let's see yeah we did the the dope cup last last summer um, there's a few things coming up for us. Uh, this summer, the OCA is putting on an event. We're gonna have a booth at awesome um, summer fair. Yep, summer yeah. fair. Uh -huh. Yep, so that that should be cool. Um, I don't really know where we are with events right now. It's it's a weird time to be 
uh, looking at events with all the problems associated with that from the city of Portland and regulations from the OLCC. So we're just trying to navigate that, uh, you know, in a smart way. Yeah. I think it's really, I, I really liked what you said earlier too about how that's your some of the best feedback that you it get is. because it you're is. actually talking to the consumer. I talk to the consumers that come into we my shop all the time, but you don't do get to that do that very much. And that's they are really important and really fun, and for people to get to in that sense, for people to get to meet us and us just to explain face to face a little bit about how, how what we do and how we do it, and and to get that direct feedback is awesome. really important. So, as soon as things kind of settle down and we can figure out a path forward for these events. I mean, it, it's it's great for us. So we like them. We just want to make sure that we're like playing by the rules. Totally, you're being safe. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think it's important to hear that that's such a valuable piece for growers. Absolutely. Because, you know, we were. I was in a meeting last night talking about this with the city of Portland about the social consumption and events and. You know, that piece didn't come up, and that's an important piece. So I will bring that next week to the meeting. But I think that's really important. It's not – it's just how do we get the feedback to the growers to grow better products Mm. for the people? And you were talking about uh, our strain choices and um, choices for our pathway forward. I mean, a lot of the feedback we get from these events does influence uh, the decisions we make. Uh, We – our jelly beans specifically, we – we were about to get rid of that um, and I was pretty sad about it because it's like one of my favorite strains for mm-hmm. the flavor but it does get a low number of people test number as far as THC people are shopping that way so okay um, yeah. we were gonna lose it but the direct feedback we got from some of the events that we did you know we we ended up keeping it and it's a wonderful strain that we have in our our uh, awesome our mature house so. Nice. It's important to keep events going. We yeah. need it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we are past time. And thank you so much, Robert, for yeah, coming down. Thank it was you a pleasure to have you. Thank you guys for the opportunity. You. I really Wonderful. appreciate it. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Cool. You've been listening to the High Finance Podcast, recorded weekly at the Bigfoot Podcast Studio in the heart of downtown Portland. Please tune in every week through iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Overcast, or the app of your choice. Subscribe, rate us, and please leave us a review on iTunes, and we may well read it on air. Change your thoughts and change your world.